Okay, you have to stop before I before I talk. I right, go ahead. I'm oh, I was fading oh, out. I, was I didn't know you're fading out. I didn't know you're fading out. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hello and welcome to the Conjecturing a Horrorish Podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. And Greg. Hello. And I'm your host Rob. How's everybody doing tonight? Good, Rob. Very good. Doing good. Doing really good. You know, this is the second week of our remote uh, coronavirus uh, protection uh, recordings we're doing. Uh, Laura is definitely remote up in, up in up in the north, and me and Greg are in his creepy garage. Uh, it's so creepy. Oh my creepy god! Garage. You know, I don't. It's know a normal gonna... garage. It's a normal garage. It is a normal garage. Just, yeah. The 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 actual like. Uh, construction is a normal <laughs> construction of a normal garage, but then like what you have inside this 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 uh, area I don't, is not normal. It, I think it's less than like mm-hmm. a creepy garage to me is, mm-hmm. a, is someone that who's got like tools, like a chainsaw, an axe. I don't have That's any more creepy. It's just boxes. Hmm. Well, no, well, it's like, boxes and like a a Christmas, <laughs> not even a tree. It's like a Christmas like. Plant. Uh, Halloween plant. That is a bit creepy. But only like half of it is lit because now I look at the top and they're not working I at the very that. top. Oh, it's weird. So it's it's very odd that there's like an electrical Actually, problem this is probably. The first time I noticed, what are the hooks Yeah, for? and Greg has like these hooks that are like Ooh. drilled into the ceiling where he might hang like Jeepers Creepers bodies or something I've like that. I've never noticed that before. And okay. now I'm just seeing there's like a baby, what is it called? A baby basket right here? It's a bassinet. A bassinet right here. Oh, I digress. This garage is creepy. You know? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So Greg, Greg is admitting And it. like that light on the wall, yeah. it's just a bulb hanging yeah. ver- like horizontally just out of the a, wall. Yeah. That's bizarre. It's very odd, Greg. It's very okay. odd. So bizarre, if, if anybody's listening, you guys never hear from me again, or <laughs> you, guys, you guys know uh, what happened. Graves, Graves came out for real. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, I wanted to title this was like Graves, Graves Doom or Graves Pit. Graves Garage. Graves Garage. Oh my gosh. I definitely feel like Graves would pop out of one of these bins. You know, it's it's gonna all I'll definitely have a sound effect for that, and it'll be okay. Uh, so, does anybody have any notes they want to talk about or anything from a previous show? Nothing. I just wanted to mention this. We were joking uh, about this a couple of days ago about how "Don't Breathe." We were like listening to the recording and how like they've already done so many movies about what not to do. Don't breathe. Don't like look. Oh yeah. Do. And mm-hmm. then, so I thought it would be. F- I was like, how many movies have the word don't in it? Hmm. So I actually looked it up and mm-hmm. like, let me, can you guys take a guess how many movies out there have the word just don't like, like don't do something. All movies or just horror movies? Just all movies. All movies? Yeah. Oh, oh geez. Words don't. Don't blank. something. Blank, blank, blank. Yeah. Don't something. Not, not, not. Oh my God. I want to say like, mm, I don't know, like over a thousand. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Laura, let's get a real, a I'm, more realistic number. I'm doing number. the prices right. I'm going to the very top. So. <laughs> uh, One dollar, Greg. No. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Five hundred. All right. Screw you guys. You're like, I, I thought that this list was giant. It's like about 60. Okay. <laughs> you know how many movies there are? I, I'm only like not even like a half a percent probably. Of all really? The yeah. But like, so. why would you just name your movie Don't? Like, it just mm-hmm. very specific. I thought sixty was a huge number. I just, I just mm-hmm. wanted to read a few of them to you, just so you okay. get an mm-hmm. idea. So there's movies that don't want us to look in certain directions, right? There's mm-hmm. don't look up, don't look down, don't look back, don't look now, mm-hmm. don't look under the bed, don't look in the basement, Ooh. don't look in the cellar. Mm-hmm. I guess that's different than the basement. Mm-hmm. There's movies that talk about your basic bodily bodily functions. 
Don't Breathe, which we just watched. Don't Speak, Don't Move, Don't Blink, Don't Open Your Eyes, in addition <laughs> to not blinking. Mm-hmm. Don't Cry, Don't Do That Either. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't Cry, It's Only Thunder. It's another oh, one. That's interesting. Okay. Don't mm-hmm. Panic, Don't Sleep, Don't Go to Sleep, mm-hmm. which is different than not sleeping. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. like going to sleep is a different action. Mm-hmm. Don't Lose Your Head. Don't Pick Up the Phone. Don't Answer the Phone. Don't Hang Up. Don't bother to knock. Don't come knocking. Like there are so many. And I think it's crazy that there are, you guys thought there were a thousand. You know what? You know what? To be fair, the way you worded that, I don't know about you, Rob, but I assumed you meant at any movie that has don't somewhere in the title. No, starts with don't. Oh, see. Okay. I was still thinking of starting and I said a thousand. I think it's such an odd way to start a movie title because you're trying to tell the audience what it's about in a very short sentence and mm-hmm. you know not to do something which is a, it's a good it's a good setup but i thought it was very specific there, a couple of my favorite ones oh yeah there's some that tell you what not to let happen so don't let go don't let me go don't let him in don't let them in mm-hmm. don't let the devil in don't let the light in oh and then the ones that i like the ones that tell you where not to go don't go to the reunion don't go, don't go near the park. Don't go in the house. Don't leave home. Don't go into the woods. Don't go into the house by the woods. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck in the woods. That's another oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't buy by that one. Okay. Oh, you like to, you like it to go down yeah. the woods. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's the yeah. best place. Mm-hmm. It's the best. You're an outdoorsman like that. Yeah, I'm an outdoorsman like that. Mm-hmm. All right, then like my favorite last ones. Obviously, everyone knows. Don't tell mom the baby, the babysitter's dead. That's a good one. Yeah. Some weird ones though. Don't let the river beast get you. <laughs> don't torture a duckling. Oh, goodness. And then my personal favorite out of the entire list, Don't Be a Menace in South Central While Drinking Your Juice in the Hood. Oh, I love that movie. You've seen that? Yeah, it's Marlon The Wayne Brothers. Yeah, The Wayne's Brothers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I was blown away by how many, I did like a Wikipedia search, mm-hmm. you know, and you can go by alphabetically. I thought, wow, there's a lot of don't movies out there. Okay, there's a lot cut of- this whole thing. I just wanted to <laughs> bring it to you guys. No, like, this was good. This was like Graves giving us an early... Dang, I know. Maybe you're just all graves this whole episode. You're oh, just yeah. graves. Yeah. You're just starting then out. Then we'll have to, I don't know, mm-hmm. get back to normal me. At some get back point. to normal. Yeah, when you're not in the garage, then you're not not you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get to, uh, let's do what's in the cup. So let's do our drop here. What's in the cups? Okay, we got our what's Can in the cups drop here. record that? No, Greg, I'm never going to re record that. <laughs> it's too perfect. It's too perfect, Greg. So, uh, Laura, let's do Laura. What, Laura, what are you drinking? What's in your cup? I am drinking a 2017 Pinot. That's in my cup. And uh, I also have a you know, IPA again. IPA is always your backup? Nice. It, I do seem to always chase any drink with a, like a backup IPA. Yeah. You chase drinks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Greg, what are you drinking, Greg? Actually, I think mine's a 2017 Pinot. Pinot too, or maybe it's just a red wine. So I'm drinking a wine, and it's the Game of Thrones red wine. Official. Oh, I've had that before. It's good. Yeah, I think I'm glad that we're drinking red wine because I think it's um, definitely apropos to this movie. Oh, Um, it is. And I've had a few sips, and it's really good. Let me read. Well, I'm not gonna read the description. Screw that. (laughs) Read the description. It's it's delicious. They've got like, did you see that? It's got a description talking about Dorn and and Game of Thrones. It's not a Game of Thrones podcast. I know. (laughs) Why do you bring up other things? I can't help it. Oh, man. I'm doing doing Jameson and Dr. Pepper. I'm doing uh, Dr. Rob again. You know, I didn't get the memo. I didn't even think about the whole, whole, uh, you know, 
red wine for this episode because you guys definitely right that that is so perfect for this episode you know uh maybe i'll just cut a little bit of my own blood in my drink or something like that maybe that'll that'll make it work you know then i'll look like a an old woman i don't mm, i still have questions about this movie (laughs) we'll talk about it we get get, a lot of questions we'll talk about it when we get to it uh so so let's uh let's uh okay so we actually can get to actually what we're gonna get to the movie now yeah so we already did any unaddressed items where i talked about that greg did you know what movies have don't in the title you know and that was very entertaining and then so now we're on to the movie that we've been talking about this movie involves blood um involves a young old woman i'm not sure exactly we'll get to that part um so this is 2008's lit the right one in this is lit the right one in. Uh, so this was Laura's choice for this movie. So why did you why did you choose this, Laura? I chose this movie um, because I've only seen it once before, and forewarning, it is subtitles uh, in case people aren't down with that. Um, I chose this movie because I thought it was a really original way to show like a very traditional. I mean, it's very traditional vampire, like. Um, like tropes, right? But it's a really original way to show that. I thought it was just a really smart movie. And I just feel like it's pretty under the radar for the most part. Like it does seem pretty underrated to me. Um, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's something that I absolutely love and adore because we've talked about that we're not always going to pick movies that we love. But I in no way hate it. I Like I said, I just really think it was original. I thought it had some really crazy images in it. Um, yeah. And I just have never seen anything like it before. Okay, okay. And you you definitely consider this a horror movie? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This seems okay. to be a theme with horror that I think that a lot of your picks have revolved around movies that have done something that hadn't been hadn't been seen before. Yes. Yes. I really, really like that a lot. I agree with you. Cool. Okay, that's good. That's good. Um, okay, so this now we got a little bit about the movie. You guys know what the movie we're doing this week. Um, so we're going to get into our horrorish segment of the week right now. Kind of go to that. Uh, so we got a little drop of that here. So we got some question. This week we're going to do a question. What did yeah. he say? He said any questions. Oh, any questions. Okay. Was it Jigsaw? <laughs> no, it was Jigsaw. Okay. All right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> did, did you ever see that part in Saw where he, the little puppet guy, came out and he said, "Any questions, guys?" Uh, yeah, I, I do remember. Yeah, that. okay. You remember that? Okay, it didn't, right. it didn't click with me, but cool. <laughs> question. Doing question this right. week. Question. The question I sent you a week ago to give you time to think about it, Greg. You, you, I don't think you, you realized it. Just for all, you know, we'll, we'll do a little behind the scenes here again. I kind of want to say something about Greg. Greg has been watching the wrong movie part of this week. <laughs> yeah. He started watching a movie we're not going to watch in two, for two weeks now. And he kind of like, oh, I'm halfway through the movie. And we're like, that's not the movie we're doing this week, Greg. No, Rob. You – no, it's worse than that. He – we had a list of four movies. He started with the last one first. I did. I watched it. That's true. And then mm-hmm. this week we said we were going to watch this movie and he watched next week. <laughs> so he's t- – I'm awful. <laughs> Maybe you have the coronavirus, Greg. Are you maybe, sick or not? Maybe I do. Yeah? I've got is, chapped lips. I don't know. Is that a symptom? No, that's not a coronavirus okay, thing. All right, then maybe I'm okay. That's just being... Maybe you are, Greg. You've just been stuck in your coffin. You're coming out and everything's reverse. Yeah, it's you like know? opposite world. I, know. I think it is. I think it is. So let me do your let me do your uh, grave digging right now because I think you're grave already. Okay. You're right, grave. I'm going to be grave. We're just going to be... This episode. is going to be a grave episode. Grave is already here. We're, there you go. We're, we're in the garage. 
You're in the we're grave. Already, we're already in his uh, his layer here. I'm in his layer. I fell in the coffin apparently. You know, so I'm here. There's lights. We already talked about how creepy it is. So this is a this is a grave episode. Yeah. So the intro again will be Rob, Laura, and Grave. You know, we'll see if we'll see if Greg makes an appearance at any point. <laughs> In this episode, um, yeah. So let's get to the question I sent you guys already. Give you guys a little bit of time to think about this one. Um, so pretty much the question we're going to do is: uh, if you could live in any vampire-based movie, which movie would you pick and why? So vampire-based movie. I mean, there's so many vampire-based so movies. There is a lot. That's why I wanted to give you guys some time to research it a bit. So I'll go to Laura first. I think Greg might be thinking of his right now. No, no, I, I want to go last. And mm-hmm. this was the first time that Rob gave it to us ahead of time. Normally, when he asks us questions, it's whatever is popping up in our head on the spot, which is why a lot of times we have dumb answers. It didn't even help that you gave me this ahead of time. I just <laughs> like I overthought this so hard. I like really? I still don't even know my answer, and this is why I want to go last because I don't know. That's- that's why you want to go last. Oh my god! All right, I'll I'll take a swing at this okay, one. Okay, good, good, Greg. Okay. okay. So when you pose this question, I did a quick Google search. I just literally did Google vampire movies and looked at a full complete <laughs> list. And you know what I noticed about the list was like, in all of these vampire movies, you're either a vampire or you are a victim of the vampires. So mm-hmm. I thought, okay, they're all messed up. It doesn't matter which one you pick. You have to kind of be the vampire. Otherwise, you're getting eaten or you're getting your blood sucked or whatever. Um, so I thought they were all not good uh, in terms of like what world I would like to live in. Because you're basically talking about either being a human who's going to suffer at the hands of the vampires or be a vampire, which kind of sucks in its own right, depend- depending on who you ask. However, I did see one movie on that list that I thought, yes, this is the world I would like to live in. Mm-hmm. And that movie is... What we do in the shadows. Uh, Have you guys seen that? Good pick, good pick. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. which is basically to say, living in today. Mm-hmm. I think it takes place today in, in mm-hmm. modern modern day. But it's the idea that you're living in this house or this flat with a bunch of roommates who are vampires who've lived for several hundred years. But it's I, I would just love to chill with all those <laughs> actors: Take Away TD, Jermaine Clement, everybody that yeah. was in. Yeah, they just seem like the chillest people to hang out with, and they don't take their vampire. Well, it's weird. They take their vampire nature seriously, but in a very lighthearted way. I don't really know how to mm-hmm. explain. If you mm-hmm. haven't seen what we do in the shadows or have have watched the TV show, please watch this. It is hilarious. I would love to live in that world. I would love to be one of their their flatmates mm-hmm. and just hang with them all day and be a vampire. And yeah. you actually—that was the second part of the question, though. So we'll do your second part right now. Is are you a vampire in it, or are you oh, like yeah. a human? Oh, you're well, a vampire. Yeah. See, the humans in those shows and the movies are just ba- are humans. Either you're mm-hmm. a victim of the, the vampires, or you're a familiar. You're a servant mm-hmm. of the vampires, mm-hmm. and you're stuck wondering whether or not you're going to become a vampire, or if they're going to turn you. And for the most part, they don't, and it's lame. Like the <laughs> vampires are the ones who have all the cool powers. So yeah, I would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely be a vampire. It's going to be the vampire. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. No, that's a that's a, that, is a, that is a good pick. That's a good pick. I'll let uh, I'll let you go next, Laura, because uh, I need to piggyback off Greg's a bit, but I'm gonna have a little time. So go for it, Laura. No, I'm last. <laughs> Laura, <laughs> come on. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Wait, tell me if you guys first agree with me. Like, oh, most vampire oh, movies are sure. shit when it comes to being. Mm-hmm. What side are you on? Yeah. Either you're a vampire that's consuming mm-hmm. people, or you're a human who's the victim, right? Yeah. Although I, I don't fully agree with when you said you're either 
I mean, I definitely agree. You're either a victim or you're a vampire, but I was seeing it more as how many movies actually end with the vampires like winning or living. Uh, it, that I feel like is pretty rare. So then I'm thinking, well, why would you want to be a vampire in a movie? Since most of the time it's the vampires getting their asses kicked at the end. But Greg, that was awesome. Yeah, I'll tell you, Greg. You guys want to join me? I like come I, into this movie. Yeah. I, I like yours so much. We actually had the same movie. Yes, I I, I picked I picked this exact same movie yes. too. But my only difference was I'm not a vampire. I'm one of the werewolves. Oh, so I'm one of the werewolves. <laughs> Because that was like my favorite part in the movie was the werewolves when they're like we don't cuss we're not those good. we're not those wolves Murray from Murray oh yeah Murray God. from uh, from Flight oh, of the Concords and all of them but I would be a werewolf so we would be like Romeo and Juliet man we, we wouldn't be, we wouldn't be able to to hang out I we wouldn't be able to hang out in this creepy wow. garage anymore. just natural enemies. you know we would be natural enemies oh guys all right I'm sorry Laura. Well, it, it was a tough decision for me. I, of course, wanted to pick things like Buffy, but it's just if you think about the answer, it, it doesn't hold up. And then I thought about, you know, Interview with the Vampire, so classic, but I couldn't decide if I wanted to be a vampire or a human in that either. So I'm going to have to go with Blade and just murder your guys' asses. I'm sorry. Oh, you want to be Blade. Oh, so you're going to be like a crazy vampire from Blade? No, I'm gonna be the. I'm gonna. She wants to be Ryan Reynolds. Play you. I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna be Ry Ry. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Well, we all want to be Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Easy one. Come on, you know. Oh, so you're gonna it, be in Blade. Oh, it does wow. sound like a cool life. A mm -hmm. vampire slayer. You get to wear shades indoors. Wait, 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 Laura. See, wait. So you're in the movie Blade. Are you? A vampire, or are you a vampire slayer? No, I'm a slayer. I'm a slayer yeah. Oh, you like slay that ass? You slayer slayer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I slay uh -huh. all those asses. That's right. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, come on, you know. Uh, I just don't know that I. I would love to be a vampire, but I just don't see any movie where I. That's a good enough life for me. Mm -hmm. I think they all get it in the end. But Blade, I'm like, well, I'll just be a slayer. And do you do you only slay vampires though? You don't slay werewolves. You can't get me right. I'm a, I'm a werewolf. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We don't even cuss. We're, we're nice and gentle werewolves. <laughs> you know, you're living the dangerous life, Laura. You're fighting against. No, you got that confidence, and you're just so badass. You're like, dude, um, I got this. You know, I don't know. You you guys couldn't survive the choose your own horror game, so I don't know how long you last <laughs> as a vampire slayer. I'm like trying to imagine Laura right now with like with the shades and then the two katanas. Oh yeah, the back that looks pretty. Oh badass. yeah, would you have you have, you have the blades? You have the katanas? Yeah. Oh, dang. That's legit. Oh, then I have to be the werewolf guy and Greg has to be a vampire. So we literally all three different sides of the of the yeah, we do. dilemma. Yeah. You're the werewolf, yeah. the mm -hmm. lycan, I'm the vampire. Mm -hmm. She's the, the slayer. Yeah. Maybe I'm the one trying to like stop you guys from killing each other. I'm like, hey guys, we can all be friends. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. All right. So that's it for the horrors question this week. Uh, you guys out there, you guys can hit us up. Email conjecturingpod at gmail or on Twitter and Instagram at conjecturingpod. Let us know what vampire-based movies you guys would want to live in and who would you want to be, you know, in those movies. So it's time to, you know, get to our movie. We got to sink our teeth into this movie. Got to sink our teeth into it, you know, get into this movie right now, you know. Nice. Uh, yeah, so the movie, like I said, uh, we're doing is Let the Right One In, 2008. I don't know, Laura, do you want to start off? Do you have any any interesting things about the movie? Yeah, well, let, me, let me start off with a quick synopsis, just in case you haven't seen it, but you do still want to listen to our review. 
Um, so the movie is, um, it's based in Sweden and it's actually, it, it's actually a romance horror, which I had forgotten about. Even though I remembered most of this movie, I really forgot. I, I forgot just how romantic it actually kind of is. Yeah. yeah. I, on, on my notes, I literally put love story. Yeah. Um, so it, just quick synopsis. Um, it's, it's set in the eighties, even though this film came out in 2008 and um, it is a toned down uh, version of a novel, previously existing novel, about a little boy who is about 12. And he unfortunately is um, the victim of being badly bullied. And he lives alone with his mom in an apartment complex. And a strange girl moves in in the middle of the night one night with what we think is like her father figure. And she's very, very strange and only comes out at night. Um, and they become friends. And obviously, like spoiler alert, he later finds out that she's a vampire. But they, yeah, I mean, it's basically a love story between these two 12-year-olds. Oh, wow. You know, um, so, okay, interesting things about this movie. Um, I, as I said, this was uh, previously a novel. Um, however, they, as I said, they toned down pretty much every other element of this story and only focused on their relationship. Hmm. Um, which I thought was really cool because there was a lot of other aspects to the book that they didn't include. One of them being that her quote unquote father figure was actually like a pedophile. And even though he was an older man, um, he it, it, it's safe to assume that the two of them maybe were in love at one time. Um, but then he obviously grows with age cause he's a human mm. and she's been 12 years old for many, many, many years. Um, they also made her primarily a girl, even though there is one brief scene where you see like a like a pelvic scar. In the book, she wasn't a girl. It was explained that she was actually a castrated boy. Oh. Um, another really interesting part of this movie is that after they filmed it, they decided that they thought the, even though the actress who played Ellie or Ely, however you say her name, did a very, very good job. Her voice was too young. So they ended up re-recording with an adult female's voice. So the ev the voice you hear in Swedish is not her voice. Oh wow! Yeah, and then the last thing I'll just say is why um, why the director uh, d decided to take this project on. Um, the director is Tomas Alfredson, and he doesn't actually normally like to do movies that are based off a book. But he read it and it was deeply personal to him because unfortunately he was extremely bullied as a kid. And so he just like fell in love with the story. And that's why he took the project on. Yeah, yeah this was a this is a really good pick, Laura. This is a really, like I said, just something I've never heard of. Of course, I've never would have watched this anyway. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, even in the beginning, like it's it's a very slow paced movie. Mm -hmm. It's not really fast paced, but you're just trying to figure out what the hell's going on. Even when you realize what's going on, you're like, oh, she's a vampire. They're still just like, wait, you know, like what, what type of vampire is this? Yes, and what right. are the rules and this and that? So it was, it was definitely interesting. I mean, I like right away the, was it like one of the first scenes? I mean, right when she jumps off the jungle gym yeah, in the beginning and you could yeah. tell like there was wire work involved in that because she like floated for a split second and then hit the ground. It wasn't just like she jumped off mm -hmm. and I was like, oh shit, that was pretty cool. And then of course, beyond that, she's climbing up walls and yeah. stuff like that. But scaling you know, buildings. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all those effects were really good, you know. I didn't realize, like you said, that this movie was supposed to take place in the 80s. You know, I read that before I rewatched it, 
And I didn't really pick up on it, except for there's one scene where they're doing PE inside. They're like kicking the ball around the cones. And I don't know if you guys noticed, but all the girls are in straight up like workout 80s gear, like pink tights with purple, purple leotards, like their hair and a side ponytail with a big scrunchie. It was so 80s. I think the, the, the Rubik's Cube was the giveaway of the 80s because that be, that was really popular in the 80s. And if you, if it were like the 2000s and you hadn't heard of a Rubik's Cube, well, I mean, maybe if you're a vampire, you hadn't heard of much <laughs> stuff. But mm-hmm. that's that's what I thought. I feel like if you're a vampire and you've been here for like gen- decades, then you should know everything. You've been here for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, whatever. But I, I just didn't – I took it as just a um, – that wherever this movie takes place, does it take place in Sweden? It does. Right? That it was just behind us in technology or in time. Yeah. I didn't, that's why I didn't think it was the 80s. I thought it was just like they just don't have Apple computers. Mm. You know what I mean? You can kind of tell in their home furnishings too. Yeah. A little bit. Well, you never saw a cell phone. That's a dead giveaway for yeah. modern, right? I yeah. I any cell phones. Yeah. No, that's true. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. This movie, uh, this movie had a budget of 4.5 million. It made eleven point two, so it doubled its money, you know. But like you said, I mean, this movie was a uh, independent. Uh, I think it won a bunch of awards, wow. you know. It won a bunch of awards in two thousand eight. It won the Tribeca Film Festival award yeah. when it came out, which is like huge, you know. That's one I've actually heard of, so I know it's big, you know. And I can definitely can see it. it. It's very artful done. It's it's like an art house movie with elements, not even elements of horror, but yeah, I could definitely see why it would win awards. Um, yeah, I mean, do you guys want to start getting into the movie now? We kind of have a little bit of the director. We have a little bit of interesting facts, you know. Do you guys kind of want to get into the movie a bit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, go All for right. it. Um, let's see who wants to start with uh, any they want to bring up. You know, I mean, I got points, but let's hear from Greg. The first thing Graves, you see, with Graves, Graves. Graves. Hey, I'm Graves today. Graves. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the environment of this movie. The environment was so pivotal. Like the ice, the snow? Yeah, the oh, ice, mm-hmm. the snow. So when you start watching this movie, it's all based in, in Sweden during the wintertime, particularly. The atmosphere was amazing. There's snow everywhere. And um, I don't know, it just made me feel isolated and, and bleak. And a lot of the scenes that were happening where horrible things are done were being were occurring outside. And it was this idea that... Um, like the evil things are happening in plain sight, but people aren't just able to look at it because they're all indoors bundled up and trying to stay warm. So the whole, the whole atmosphere of the movie was, was great. You actually spend like two or three minutes. And uh, when I first started watching the movie, I was kind of like, I had to fast forward a little bit because you started off and there's like snow falling and you're watching credits and I was getting a little bit impatient. So I like, fast forwarded, but I shouldn't have done that because what the movie did was, I think the movie teaches you a little bit of patience Mm -hmm. and it being a porn film, right? It's a little bit different than the movies that we're used to. Yeah. Which are very like in your face, you know, you have to catch the the viewer's attention within the first few seconds of a scene. So they spend the first few minutes of just snow falling and you getting the feel of where we are. Uh, So the environment was, was a big thing for me. Um, I just love the atmosphere. You know, there's snow everywhere. It's bleak. There's empty fields, and there's a lot of uh, creepy things happening out in plain sight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. I agree. Definitely, the the atmosphere and the settings uh, definitely, you know, are assets to this movie that make you 
make you, you know, believe in this movie as like, oh, this is real. Something we talked about before in other movies that, you know, if something isn't, you feel genuine or real, it can pull you out of a movie. Mm-hmm. And this one, you feel, like I said, you you don't feel like you're really watching a movie. You feel like you're just seeing something happen in actual time. Yeah, like, yeah. So, so it's set up where this girl moves into this neighborhood with her elderly caretaker and he's an old man and he's the one who goes out and kills people and, and provide and brings in blood for her because she's a vampire. So there's a scene toward the beginning where he runs through a, a neighborhood park and he essentially just kills a guy. He's a, a bystander. He kills him and he hangs him from a tree so he can drain the blood into a, into a bucket. He's doing this in literally the middle of plain sight. I love the fact that they did that because it makes you think that, well, this is the environment that we're in, you know, like we're in a, we're in a place where evil things are happening out in public, but everyone's indoors. They're turning a blind eye to what's happening. And I actually thought that that played into the idea of the main, of the main character, the boy who was being bullied. Right. And it was like very obvious to me that he was being bullied. He would be bullied um, out in the open and at school where people could see, but no one was doing anything was doing anything yeah. about it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that like without this scene, without the setting, without this atmosphere, I don't I don't know how this movie works out, but um, I mm-hmm. thought it was very effective. Yeah, like right after the scene you're talking about where the guy's trying to kill the guy in the woods. Yeah. And then like a the dog and some ladies come by, so he has to like run away and not, you know, not get the blood or whatever he wanted to get. But then, yeah, then he gets on like a bus yeah. or a train and he's just like holding the bloody gown he was wearing yeah. like in his arm and then, and then he's like oh i better put this away and then he like puts it away and i was just like oh my god he's just like leaving it out in the open there's just blood on this but that's one of the themes of the movie is is things where people turn a blind eye because they all they do is care about themselves so when they see something in the community or out in public they don't really notice so he was on the train and he had a bloody raincoat mm-hmm. from the act and like no one even cared yeah and he put it in his bag and no one cared yeah yeah, yeah. I also think this could go back to it being in the eighties as well. I mean, obviously not so much with the guy carrying a bloody like coat, but uh kids getting bullied in the schoolyard, I think teachers and parents would see that and be like, Oh, you know, boys being boys, kids being kids, whereas nowadays we don't let that happen. But Yeah, uh, I know. I was gonna ask you guys, were either of you guys bullied growing up or anything? No. Yeah. <laughs> Greg is or Graves is uh, putting his head down for a second, so I don't. Oh no! I don't know. Let me uh, let me see. There might be a Greg question, yeah. so let me let me close the casket and then uh, Greg Graves you go away. I'm gonna... I know Graves is never bullied because you're just a vampire or something, but uh, <laughs> but Greg's back now. Greg, were you were you bullied, Greg, growing up? Do you? I'm. You know, there was, I, I had a I had a guy, a kid in elementary school that bullied me. Did you call, did you call him Piggy? But it wasn't even that. Like I'm like burying my head because. There was a time when I was like really, really young where there was one kid that we did bully. Oh, you were the bullier? I was, oh, and I don't my talk God. about this. Oh, you're, no. wait, you're, you're Graves again. You're great. Graves is the bullier, not Greg. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. And I, and I really, and, and every now and then I like look back and I realize mm-hmm. like I feel so fucked up for bullying him. Like you, you were, you were, you were like the kids in this movie. Were yeah. which kid were you? You weren't the main kid causing the bullying, right? Where you're ordering the other kids to bully I them. I was like, or you were the complacent. I was, kids in the I was like a cohort. It was like were a you, two person bully. Were you the the in this movie? There's 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 the main kid that bullies whatever he's twelve to, and then there's a really yeah. tall kid, his, his brother. He, it, no, not the brother. The main three kids. Oh, yeah. not the brother. Yeah. But then there's the really tall friend who's kind of like 
still not into it. And then there's the little chubby kid who clearly like doesn't want anything to do with this, but he's, but, but he's like along for the ride and fearful. Yeah. Which one of those kids were you in this group? You created this oh, gang. Oh man, I didn't create this gang. It was like, it was just, it was me and some other kid that were me and a friend of mine. And mm-hmm. I, I remember there was a kid that we kind of bullied because mm-hmm. we thought he was weird. And you know, when you're little, you mm-hmm. don't know shit about the world. What age were you talking about? We were probably, uh, I don't know, like eight. Eight years old? Yeah. Oh, wow. And there was a kid who, you know, and I don't know where he is now in life, and I hope him the be- I wish him the best, but he had a birthday that was like on a leap year mm-hmm. to where he only technically celebrated his birthday like <laughs> once every four years. So he, he pretended he was a baby. He like brought his blanket around with him and... Oh my god! Um, mm-hmm. He like sucked his thumb a lot, and when he was when like he was a, eight, when he was eight, you know, mm-hmm. as, as like a classmate, you mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, no one taught us not you know to be nice to kids, mm-hmm. and so we were just a bully to him. And mm-hmm. I I feel so bad about it now. I have a lot of guilt about that actually. Yeah. So like this is why I really hate yeah. this is one of the themes in this movie is bullying and violence, and I really relate to that because I've actually been a little bit on both sides. I've been like the bully. Mm-hmm. You know, at that age, and I've also been the subject of that. I've all I was also bullied by another kid, maybe a, the same year or another oh, really? year after that. Yeah, mm. and it was you know where you would get like into fights, or you would. There was one kid. There was his name was. I remember that we were like just we hated each other. There was no reason. You <laughs> know, like your rival. He was like my rival, and we don't know why. I think it was because we were just really good at tetherball or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember like the bell rang, and we all came in from like recess, and it was raining, and mm-hmm. like we just got into it. And he literally – it was the craziest thing. I was like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? We're like seven, right? Mm-hmm. He comes up to me. He straight up like sweep kicks me like <laughs> – Oh. Like the karate kid, and he like ducks down and does like a sweep kick, and like I fall on my ass. And I'm like looking up at the sky, and like the rain is falling on my face, and I realize, mm-hmm. wow, I just like got bullied. Dang. Wow. So like I've been on both sides of this. So mm-hmm. this is this movie kind of this brought back memories for you. It definitely brought back mm-hmm. some memories. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Got personal for you, Greg. All right. What about, <laughs> what about you, Laura? What about you, Laura? Let's <laughs> let's segue to Laura. Do you, is it weird that I don't really think? I mean, girls bully, right? Yeah. So it's funny. My initial thought when you asked me that was, oh, no, I was never bullied. I mean, I went to I went to private school up until college. College is my first like public school experience. So, you know, I went to a K through eight co-ed class of 30 something kids. Um, It was whatever. Right. And then in high school, I actually went to an all girls school and I wouldn't say there was any bullying. I mean, there was definitely cattiness and pettiness and just whatever, Mm -hmm. but nothing serious. But then I realized that I wasn't a victim to bullying because I believe bullying kind of makes it sound like it's a reoccurring theme. Mm -hmm. But in sixth grade, we had this new student who was a girl and um, she was very troubled And she actually lashed out on me first and then a couple other girls and ended up getting kicked out because the violence was like insane. She actually, (laughs) she actually strangled me with a jump rope. Oh, geez. (laughs) What? Oh man. How did you get out of that? I I need to know. Well, she like pulled, she like put it around my neck and then pushed me and pulled it at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, But then like ran away right after. So uh, that was that. It was very serious when it happened, being at a private school. 
Um, and then I don't know, they let her stay because she was troubled. And, um, I forget the other things that she did that same year, but one of my very good friends, she ended up slamming a locker door in her face and breaking her nose. Dang. Uh, as soon as we were near the end of the year and yeah, she was kicked out. So I mean, not bullying, but definitely like childhood violence. I've, I've had a little, yeah, yeah. I have never done that. Though I've never lashed out on something. You weren't like Greg and then toward put your anger toward somebody else? No, I'm sure I did some really, like I said, catty and petty shit in high school. And I am apologize for being mm -hmm. a sassy, you know, girl. But yeah. Wow. Getting some deep answers here. I know. Jeez, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, therapy uh -huh. shit. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Oscar. Oscar, Dr. Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, for me, I mean, definitely, I wouldn't say I'm similar to Greg, but I definitely was bullied and picked on growing up. I was a little fat kid. I was a little fat kid. My mom didn't know how to cut my hair. Like, oh. you know, I had curly hair growing up and I know maybe and Greg are similar. We, we had curly hair growing up and my mom didn't know what to do with it. You know, like nowadays you got like Pat Mahomes out there, you know, with his like, you know, buzz the sides and you can just like have curly fro top, you know, no, not, not, not my mom back then. I look like Rosie O'Donnell, you know, <laughs> she, she didn't know what to do with my hair. Nobody knew what to do with it. So yeah, I was a chubby kid. My hair was horrible, you know, and yeah, same, same thing with Laura. I went to like a private, like middle school. So it was only like, yeah, like 30 of us in a class and we all went to the same grade together. So, yeah. So if you have people picking on you, they're never leaving. They're all with you every year. You know, yeah. I wouldn't say anything was ever physical. I've always been able to talk my way out of confrontations pretty well, whether mm -hmm. by joking, by making a joke myself, being like, oh, yeah, I am fat. You're right. Yeah, I'll eat it. You know, stuff like that. You know, and then like they just once they realize that like they can't like make you cry, if you're going to like make fun of yourself at the same time, they'll kind of back off. But nothing ever physical, anything like that. It's just, yeah, just normal, I guess, tormenting, pudgy kids, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, a little bit of that, you know? I don't, but that's still, that's still painful. I mean, I mean, verbal <sighs> mental abuse is, mm -hmm. is in some ways maybe as painful as physical abuse. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody has any other uh, stories they want to talk about that, that messed up their minds for a bit <laughs> or anything that scarred us, you know? No. I think it was a good little like chat session, you know? It's a def it's you know? definitely better. A, a great undertone to this movie um, and, and what it's about. Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. I mean, definitely bullying is part, is it has a factor in this movie and it, it, it definitely sets up the ending perfectly. Yeah. You know, uh, so awesome. You know, like I like I don't, I don't like the bullying scenes. Of course, they're very uncomfortable. They're not super bad in this movie, but they're definitely uncomfortable. You know, and definitely when the kid, when the uh, Oscar kid stands up for himself, it's like, oh, cool. But then, yeah, what happens at the end is fucking. You're, you're just like, yeah, right. yeah, which is crazy because you're rooting for child murder. I know you're rooting yeah. for children to get murdered. But I was like, yeah, you know, and the way they did it, the way they shot it, you know, it, it's so awesome. But we'll get into it a little bit because it's the very end. Let's, let's get to let's get to the love story here between mm. these two characters. Uh, Laura, do you want to talk a little bit about these two characters and kind of what they mean for each other? Oh, wow. I feel like I'm in school and just got called on and I'm not prepared. Wow. <laughs> it's, your, it's your movie. I thought maybe you'd have a little bit deeper than just kind of what I observed, you know. Um, yeah, go for it a little bit, you know. Honestly, I don't think I have a whole lot to say about it. I think the actors did a very good job. Um, well, yes, especially the girl. Boy, bugged me sometimes. <laughs> I'll get to that at the end. Mm -hmm. um, but I think the, the acting was done well because it was very believable to me, you know, how quickly they bonded, which all comes down to the acting. So I really appreciated that. 
Um, obviously he is not very close to his mom. Um, and then it seems like he really enjoys time with his father, but doesn't see him nearly enough. So his father's like pretty removed from his life. So no one knows like what's going on with this boy and what's happening with school and with, you know, he doesn't really have any friends and he's being bullied by his classmates. Um, and then you have this girl vampire who's a complete loner. She only has one person in her life and it's an older man who's the caretaker who gets the blood for her. Um, and she tells him from the get-go, we can't be friends. I mean, she's a she's a murderer, right? Yeah. She knows that. Um, but she senses something with him and, and I think he senses something with her and it, it's kind of like they're both outcasts in their own way. Yeah. And um, so they bond over that and then they quickly you know, have this friendship. And so I love how throughout the movie, you know, she's never going to hurt him. And there's even a scene where he's like, doesn't even tell her what he's going to do. And he cuts his hand because mm-hmm. he wants to do a blood pack. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she jumps down and licks the blood that dropped on the floor, but then leaves. And it's like, it just proves the point. Like, I know she's never going to hurt him. Um and I also feel like it says a lot when he finds out what she is and he finds out that she is a murderer because she has to kill to survive. Yeah. He does seem a little upset, but he gets over it pretty quickly, which I think also just proves that they're like in their own way, they're soulmates and he loves her regardless. Mm-hmm. He also sees the the scar, you know, that weird scene and, and gets over it, um, wants to go steady with her. <laughs> and then in the end, she basically saves his life and he definitely doesn't seem like he's unhappy about it. (laughs) Yeah. And the ending, I mean, I'm not sure what it's getting at, but I, it seems like they're running away together. Yeah. That's what I took it as too. Yeah. Yeah. This is definitely, like you said, Laura, these are, these are two people that, you know, are, are void of not even human contact. They do have human contact, but void of anything deeper than that of actual, like caring about somebody. Yes. He has his mom. You could tell, you could tell he cares about his mom, but it's not really the same. Um, And they're both searching for something that they find in each other, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, which I found really, really fascinating in there. You know, the one thing I did kind of want to bring up because you brought it up in the beginning was the, the fact you said that in the book form, that the Ellie girl was molested by the guy. Well, I think he was a pedophile. So he liked being around her and being around kids. Um, And I actually didn't read this, but I am honestly assuming I did read that she was about 200 years old. So she's been 12 for like Mm -hmm. almost 200 years. And so I almost feel like, okay, yes, I understand. I didn't read the book, but I understand what they're saying in these articles that he was a pedophile. However, if she's been around that long, I would like to believe that he met her when he was much younger. Mm-hmm. And then obviously they've been together for a while because there are scenes where I think there was a scene where she like touched his face. So there was like some love in there, yeah. but it's clear that they've just been together for a long time and he's just helping her out to survive. And he definitely loves her more than she loves him. I mean, yeah, she's, yeah. she's pretty over him. And, and when he can't, fulfill his duty of getting the blood. I think he messes up twice, right? Yeah, he does. Yeah, I I literally wrote in my notes, like, this guy just can't catch a break. But going back to my point, though, I wanted to bring up, sorry, Laura, but uh, just the molestation thing. Did you guys not pick up the the scene with the kid when he was with his dad and then that creepy friend was over and they were drinking? 
I don't understand that scene at all. I clearly took it as, something weird going as the dad was going to let that guy like molest this kid. What? That's what I took it as. I don't know if the dad is involved in that. Why did you take it like that? Just the the way that they were looking at each other, the way the dad looked at the guy, almost like, um, like I don't know, like he knows what's going to happen. They're, they're starting, but that's clearly what I took it as. That's why I found it interesting that in the book, she has a similar thing in the book where she's being, you know, molested or whatever, pedophile, whatever you want to call it. Because then that's something they also have to bond over. That if they're both being molested at some point, whatever, that they have that. I, I don't know. I, I yeah. thought, I don't, that's what I took it as that scene. Because that, there was, it was no, definitely weird. It was weird. So, mm-hmm. The 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 kid the the boy's mother and father are separated, so they have joint custody over him. So he, you know, one week he's with the mom, one weekend he's with the dad. So you see a scene where he's with the dad. They have some fun. They're like sledding in the mm-hmm. snow, yeah. but then they're inside like eating, and then like mm-hmm. I don't know this other. I don't know what the dad's friend or something. Dad's friend or, or something. companion or whoever he comes something. in, and he has a weird interaction. The way he talks in his yeah. body language. Is very off. I, I'm I'm with Laura. I didn't know what to make of that, but it, that, thought- that's what I took it as. Because for me, uh, you know, we were talking about like you know the way you you make movies and film and writing. There's no other reason to have that scene in this movie. There's no other reason to have it. Why Why would you even need a scene? Then if it's not that. I was trying to figure then, that out. Then yeah. the only reason to have that scene is to be like, well, the dad has a friend. I have the answer. Okay, what do you got? Okay, I, I'm going to start by saying what I took it as, which I think maybe is what Greg took it as. I almost saw it as like his mom and his dad are divorced because his dad is gay. Yeah. Wow. And almost like the son is not okay with it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just pulled up a thread <laughs> mm-hmm. and it and it does talk about how uh the director the tomas alfredson reacted to it so i'm assuming it's pretty legit and it does say that most of the u.s audiences assumed that oscar's dad is gay but it is not the case to a swedish audience it's pretty clear what's going on and that the dad is an alcoholic Oscar's been through this before. He knows that as soon as the bottle is on the table, he's going right down on his dad's list of priorities. So I think he had, I think he's an alcoholic and when he's with just Oscar, he's okay. But then one of his drinking buddies came over and he, and it makes sense because the look on his face, he's like, yeah, but at the same time, he can't say no. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the kid definitely gets uncomfortable. So he was just yeah. drinking. So it was about buddy? the it was about the bottle and the drinking. It wasn't more. Okay. It wasn't anything more than that. I, I mean, I'm glad that's what the answer is, and I'm glad it's not yeah. the kids getting molested too. But you know, I'm glad that that's the answer. I mean, I, I hope that's hundred percent correct. I felt uncomfortable by that scene. I thought mm-hmm. there was definitely something more to it. Yeah, yeah. but I, I thought the the underlying point, regardless of whatever we conclude about that, I thought that the underlying point was the same, and and that's that Oscar has no meaningful relationship with his parents. Yeah. Yes. He, yeah. You know, at, at no point during the movie does he have a, an actual in-depth conversation with his mom or his dad. There's mm-hmm. a moment where he's like having a fun time brushing his yeah. teeth with his mm-hmm. mom, but like, which is great to see, you know, you know, but at the same time, they, n- at no point do they actually have a meaningful dialogue. And I think that's why that's one thing I took a, took away from this movie is that you have to be able to talk to your kids. Otherwise they're not going to trust you. They're not going to feel safe and secure with you. And guess what? You know, like I know it's very exaggerated mm-hmm. outcome. The fact that he runs away with Ely at the end on the train, but mm-hmm. you know, the thing is, is the reality 
actually is that as parents, we probably don't have as much influence as we think we do on our kids. Yeah. You know, like they are probably more influenced by their peers and their surroundings and by social media and whatnot than we are. So if we're not actually talking to them and bonding with them and understanding what pain they're going through, mm-hmm. like, you know, we're going to lose them. Yeah. So I thought that regardless of what, you know, with the situation that the, the dad who's separated from the mom, what his friend brought in, et cetera, et cetera, the, the point was the same was that like the kids feel so disconnected, doesn't yeah. feel safe with his parents. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. That's kind of like what I was talking about, how just these two people, these two children, you know, we call our children, a child mm-hmm. or not, are just, they're, they're yearning for something. They're yeah. looking for something and they found it in each other. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I did want to get into a little bit now of actually the vampire-ism in this movie and, mm-hmm. and some of the the facts about it that they're doing in this movie. Certain ones, like, I've definitely heard before, you know, in other movies, and there's lore about it and stuff like that. Like, you know, the, the you know, you have to be invited in and stuff like that. Right. You know, like, I've heard of things like that, of course, or, you know, being able to climb walls. But the whole, I really just want to talk about the scene where she turns into the old lady or an old man. <laughs> and when she drinks the blood, I was like, holy shit. Like, what the, I was like, fucking, I, I at first, I was like, did I, like, did I imagine that? I had to rewind it. It was, it was super, super rewind. I didn't want to rewind. I didn't want to oh, see it again. I did. I had to see it again. Yeah. Because it was, was that, was that an old woman it or was. was it a man? It was because then it happens again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, a lot of the movie is just a very intimate discussion between the girl and the boy. Mm-hmm. They're very, I mean, like one thing that I liked about the movie was I felt like I was just watching these kids beat themselves. There were moments where they were just hanging out, you know, and you feel oh, like you were a kid and it was very innocent and they were just hanging out in the jungle gym, talking to each other. There was moments of silence. Um, there were like, you know, as adults, when you have a conversation with somebody and you feel like they say something weird or offending, you kind of take it personally and then it really affects the relationship. She says a lot of stuff about her, about being a vampire that he was like, Okay, well, let's move on. It's very innocent. It's very kind. I loved the innocence of, of the relationship. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, there was like there, – there are several moments where they're just it, – it's just shot with them two talking to each other. So, yeah, there's there's that scene – a couple of scenes where she shows flashes or rather the editing shows flashes of her being like an adult female. And it just – it comes in really quick. Yeah. And that was intentional to give you – and understanding that she's not just a twelve-year-old girl. There's a there's a quote actually where she goes, you know, um, oh, I, I you know I'm twelve years old, but I've I've been twelve years old for a long time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she it, it reminds you that she's not just a twelve-year-old girl. Like maybe she's twelve in appearance and physicality, mm-hmm. but she's lived for centuries. So that's I think that's why they did that. Yeah. To give the viewers a sense of that she's she has an old age. Did because you did you guys take it as that she normally looks just like a 12 year old girl. But then I just don't understand why she looked like that at that scene. Is it when she's drinking blood? She looks like, I think when she's killing and drinking. Oh yeah. Okay. It actually, I I think that he sees that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely not just, yeah. Yeah. She looks, she's literally changing uh, what she, her parents, but there's also the, the scenes too, like kind of towards the beginning where you can clearly tell that she hasn't got blood in a while. And she's very like pale, yeah. paler than normal, and her eyes are like transparent looking, yeah. very like cloudy. And I just thought those were really good touches, you know, especially for like a vampire thing. Most I, I don't know if I've ever seen that in another vampire thing, a vampire movie. 
were, you know, the effect of like not getting the blood like that, you know, yeah. and the visual, the way they made her look very, you know, more frail and like all the color was out of her. Like I said, it was, just, I thought it was a really well done touch, you know, to add to the lore if it's not already there, you know? It was. I love how Oscar's like, you smell funny. And then after blood, yeah. she's like, oh, do I smell better now? And then it just makes you realize like, she looked dirty. She probably smelled dirty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny, but also, yeah, like you said, like it's just such, they really did stick to pretty good vampire mythology mm. for how different this movie feels compared to every other vampire movie. So I appreciate that they were able to achieve that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. I agree. What about when the, when the cats, Oh, we can, <laughs> we're fucking, we'll do it now then that's fine we'll do it now the fucking cgi slash they look like fucking play-doh play-doh cats it's sad that this movie um like was so realistic yeah and very art house like you said and then there's just this one it's scene so with dumb. i get it like it's a cool point that cats hate bears. that makes sense but oh my god it was so fake and yeah. stupid Really well, bad. I liked it. Can you guys break down the scene for people who are listening? Okay, so when Ely is doing her kills, she sucks some blood from this one lady. Um, however, she doesn't kill her. And she doesn't drain her either. So the woman is still alive and essentially feels like she's getting some kind of virus. You know, she's feeling sick. Um, uh, all of a sudden, you know, she's getting burned by daylight. Mm -hmm. She's in the looks like she's on death's bed oh but yes but sorry before that <laughs> goes over to a friend's home when she's very sick and clearly transitioning into becoming a vampire yeah. and it just so happens that this older man who lives alone has about 20 cats mm -hmm. and um all of a sudden all the cats turn into cgi and all of them attack like her that. but really you, like that? you you what did you like do you like the the cat scene itself or you like the shitty cgi the cats, the scene. Well, yeah, we're not talking. The scene is fine. The scene is fine. I don't mind there being a thousand cats jumping on oh, her. Oh, I, I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't like the fact that the cats literally looked like, oh my god, like nineteen forties, like computer graphics. Four million dollar budget, man. It looked like it was cartoon. Yeah. Well, and it sucks too because in the beginning of the film, when he was getting like candy from that little almost looked like a food truck or something. Mm -hmm. There was a cat in the window and she kind of, Ely like kind of stepped up close to it and the cat hisses. And that's a real cat. Yeah. And that's a real hiss. Mm -hmm. So I think the scene would have been just as effective if there was one, maybe two cats. Yeah. Who like hiss at this woman. I think that that would have been fine. I agree. I see what they're going with it, but it just felt so, it didn't feel like it belonged in the it was just, it was just oh, poorly man. executed, poorly executed. You know, it. you know. I didn't yeah. think it was poorly executed, Greg. We, and then moving on, when she's in the hospital, and then she realizes that she's a vampire, and like isn't telling anybody, and just wants to die. She asks one of the you know hospital staff to open up the blinds, and then she mm. bursts into flames. <laughs> what what didn't you like about that scene? It was just she got burned too fast, or two flames, or what? I don't I just feel like the entire movie didn't have anything quite like that. 
And so I was just like, why does this one character just getting these like crazy mm-hmm. scenes? I don't know. <laughs> that, that one at least looked like real flames. So I wasn't bothered about it. It wasn't CGI flames that look like little pieces of paper flicking around, you know, or something like that. Yeah. I didn't mind that scene at all. I was just like, whatever. You know? My opinion is that I thought throughout the movie that they introduced that. So you're talking about vampire lore. This is the topic mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I thought throughout the movie, they introduced it very progressively. You start off getting a little bit and then I thought, you know, she's climbing up the walls. You find out about her having to drink blood to survive. Um, and then there's like a subplot of like she bites this girl. You know, the, usually when she finds a victim, this girl, she kills them. Yeah. She drinks all the blood. They die. But I guess when you survive, you become a vampire. Yeah, and that's lore too. So, yeah. so that's the that's the subplot of this movie is this other lady becoming a vampire. And you kind of like see in between scenes. Mm-hmm her transition into that. So like my opinion is that from the beginning of the movie to the end, they introduced all the, the vampire lore in a very progressive way. You know, mm-hmm. you start off by getting small bits and then you get to like, yeah, what happens when like full sunlight blows you mm-hmm. know, into your face yeah. and you burn up into flames. Yeah. I, yeah. Like yeah. I like yeah. it. I like it. I really wanted when they did do the whole thing with the lady getting bit and she's clearly becoming a vampire. I really thought the end was going to be Ellie biting Oscar. And he was going to be, you know, not, that could have been, that would have been good. I didn't think, yeah. he, and I didn't think at the time that it was going to be anything out of like, she's doing it to hurt him. I thought it would be towards the end of being like, we want to live together forever. Let's both do that this. Been really good. That's one thing I thought it was maybe going to end like that. It didn't, but I just thought about that. But then you have to, you have to remember that she's been with this like older man caretaker who's been doing all the kills for her and keeping her like safe and hidden. And so I almost take it as even though they're in love now and oh. they're happy now. I feel like he's gonna grow older. Yeah, you're right. He's the he's the new old guy. Oh wow, man! That see that that leaves the end kind of like sad. Then yeah, <laughs> I mean they're definitely gonna have like a good whatever you know twenty year we'll have a good run. We'll have a good yeah. twenty year run where they really love each other, but then it's gonna turn into just like yeah creepiness again. Oh wow, that's crazy. That's why I was like she should just bite him. Make them both live forever, you know? And then they can just kind of be together, you know? But whatever, you know? That's not that kind of movie, though, you know? Yeah. Uh, is there any other vampire um, stuff they talked about in this movie that you guys wanted to mention? You know? Can't be in daylight, right? Like, she yeah. sleeps in the bathroom under a bunch of, you know, layers. I didn't even I didn't even understand what was going on in that scene until it was happening. You know, I, didn't, I forgot about the whole, like, oh, yeah, she's going to sleep during the day. I didn't even think about that. Until he's like uncovering her in the bathtub. And then I was like, oh, wow, why is she sleeping so hard? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That, yeah, they sleep during the day. You know, because it's not, it, I feel like it's never mentioned. I didn't really understand the whole movie that she's never out during the day. Mm-hmm. I thought there was one scene where she was like watching him in the pool. And I yeah, didn't think it was nighttime. All the pool scenes happen at night. It was still night I because it was, it's an indoor pool. I thought it was dayish, though. I, I I didn't take it. I didn't think about it at the time. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's the one thing that I think a lot of vampire movies and TV shows don't address, and that's what happens if you try to enter a home when you're not invited as a vampire. Oh, yeah. What happens? Yeah. You know, he he he's like, oh, what happens if I don't invite you? And and he kind of like rather than say the words, he was more like Gideon. a he was more like a dick. He, he was, was like, yeah. He was like, come in. He was like doing his finger. He's like, come like, in. Yeah, and then she was like, oh yeah, motherfucker. All right, I'm gonna come in. You're gonna watch this shit. You know. Yeah. And yeah. then she walked in. He's like suffering. Oh. Yeah, I know. But I, yeah, yeah. That was that was a cool that was a cool scene to see. Like it, it literally looked like she's burning from the inside. Because like, right? Haven't other TV shows and, and movies handled that as if you're not invited in, it's almost like an invisible barrier. You can't yeah. just push through. 
But like so. they showed it in this movie, like well, she crossed mm-hmm. the threshold, mm-hmm. but then within a couple of moments, she started bleeding yeah. out of every Which orifice. Is way better. Like, yeah, that was yeah. really creepy. Yeah, because he even made a joke about it of like, oh, is there like a door here? Yeah. And he was like putting his hand up, like he like there was something there. Yeah. So and that's yeah. another thing I forgot about, you know, vampirism, like a lore. I forgot about that too, and I'm like, oh yeah. So that was a really cool scene, you know. Uh, and just having him realize at the end of like, holy shit, you know, like what, how real it was. And he hugs her and everything and, and all that. And then you get to the part where he's kissing her with blood in his mouth. That's gross. Oh, that yeah. made me like, I feel like I wanted to gag. That, that was also another scene too, where I thought like, oh, maybe that can turn him. Maybe the fact that he's like drinking some of that blood, he can get turned. Mm. But and they never did it, but whatever. Yeah, I don't think, I don't think, I don't, is there anything else? Any other vampire things in this? I don't think so, right? Well, maybe what about when it was in, it was dark and you could, you were the, as the viewer, you could see her eyes glowing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That from was really of Reddit, yeah. where, like, her eyes were glowing in the, in, in the dark. Well, and actually, do you think she was wearing contacts the whole time? Because her pupils were very big. Irises were huge. Mm-hmm. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. It was probably, I don't know, probably, it looked yeah. longer than normal person's. Yeah, maybe that yeah. that probably makes sense. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that's that's pretty much it for all the vampire stuff in this movie. Let's get to um, let's get to more of the ending of this movie. You know, we've been going a while here. I think we pretty much know the beginning, the basis, what the story is about, the bullying. Let, let's get to the ending here. Um, yeah, how does it end? Who, wa- about who wants to jump into kind of the end here and how it's set up? Um, do it. I'll do it. It's okay. Go, okay, go for it, Laura. You're you're the most eloquent of us. Go for it. So. Even though they're very close and they're happy, obviously, um, I guess we kind of skipped the hospital scene with her caretaker, right? So just a quick recap is um, he failed a bunch of times and he, because he was making, you know, he's like, I don't know if he's a chemist or what he is. He's been making like this weird anesthesia shit that's getting his victims yeah, his, knocked his, down. His, uh, his murder case he carries around. Yeah. But he also makes some kind of chemical that would like burn flesh. Um, And he even says, he's like, well, in case someone sees me, I'm going to have to use this. And then sure enough, he failed again, um, pours it on half of his face. So now I feel like I'm watching, you know, the dark Knight with like two face. (laughs) Right. Um, And he's hospitalized and, you know, they all know he's like a murderer. Um, So she quickly scales the hospital building. Um, He invites her in and then he just gives her his neck. I mean, he's dead anyway, no matter how you look at it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, So now he's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, she spends a couple more it seems like a couple more days with Oscar but then eventually tells him like I have to go and we don't really know why but she just has to go um, and he it's an after school day or night I should say because it seems like all the sports go to like 7 o'clock at night and it's pitch black in Sweden I don't know <laughs> um, he's in the pool late at night um, and then sure enough the bully with his two sidekicks and then his older brother show up mm-hmm. and the older brother is like not fucking around. He's, you know, the Oscar had stood up to the bully and had I hit him in the ear. Mm-hmm. So now the older brother is there and he means business and he whips out a knife and he's like, I'm going to hold your head underwater for three minutes. And if you can last for three minutes, I'll just nick you. But if you can't, I'm going to stab your eye out. And obviously, when he pushes him under, you know he's not going to let him up after three minutes. So you have to assume he potentially is killing Oscar right now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And basically, Ely shows up and saves his ass by fucking slaughtering all these kids. Oh, wait, but she doesn't kill the one that's on the bench. That's what I was yeah. confused about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just sitting there like. Just with his head down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh. it's such a good scene the way they do it. They 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 push his head underneath the water, and then your view is just looking at Oscar underneath the water. Underneath the water yeah. You know, holding his breath. You know, the bubbles are coming out. You can clearly tell that he's he's getting to the end where he needs to come up. And then mm-hmm. you kind of hear stuff uh, in the background, like wrestling above or something like that, above the surface of the water. And next thing you see is like two of the kids' legs, like in the yeah. water, flying around, like literally somebody's carrying them around. And then, uh, and then do you see blood? Do you see blood in the water? You see head full into the water. You see, yeah, you see the head. Somebody, one of the kids' heads, flop into the water. And then the hand that is uh, on S- Oscar's head, holding him down it starts to like wiggle a little bit and then the hand just like slowly comes down and it's like, you know, cut in half. So there's just the hair. And then, yeah, then he comes up and, and she's just like standing there. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She's just standing there all bloody. And then they, then they pull out the, you know, they pull back and show the whole pool area. And there's kids, body parts everywhere. There's blood here, blood there. And yeah. And then there's the one kid on the bench with just his head down, just not trying to even see what's going on. It, it was such a good scene. It was a good scene. And even though I obviously am not all about violence and like, especially violence with kids and Mm -hmm. murdering kids. It's the fact that in this movie, and again, I am not, (laughs) I'm not standing up for this. I'm just explaining it. But he is like kind of seeking revenge on these kids, this whole movie. Like he wants that revenge story. And, you know, she even says at one scene, she's like, well, I need blood and I kill to live. You want to do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas she doesn't want to do it. She just does it to survive. But in this scene, it is so clear that she wasn't drinking any of their blood. She, she was, it was the revenge story being played out where she was just like, I mean, dismembering them because any mm-hmm. of her kills for this, no one was dismembered. Oh, no, no, no. She was just drinking their blood and that's it. Like you said, yeah. what you do to survive this. She got personal. You know, yeah, they made it yeah. personal. It's like a tagline to this movie or something. <laughs> Ellie got personal, you know. Yeah, it was. Just, it's such a good scene. Like to the complete opposite of the stupid CGI cat scene. This was yeah. like the perfect amount of like effects they used in this, you know, or even no effects. This this was such a great scene and such a great ending. And even like Laura said, like we're not condoning child murder. We didn't want yeah. kids to die, but when it's going on, you're like, yes, like kill these fuckers, and you don't actually any of the violence because the camera is fixed on Oscar underwater and him trying to hold his breath and while he's holding his breath he you know unbeknownst to him the killings are happening above the surface mm-hmm. so you don't see any of that you see like the yeah. aftermath I thought it was very well shown yeah. such a good scene yeah and then pretty much after that we talk about what we already said before was you know they you know are on a train together and she's in like a box Mm-hmm. Right, she's in a box and he's ends, sitting yeah. there, and that's kind of how it ends. Is just like them being together, you know. Yeah. Was there anything else at the end that I'm missing? Did I well, basically, he runs. The the ending insinuates that after that scene, after she kills all of his bullies, they run away together on a train. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They leave. They leave together. You know. You know. I, I took it as a. He does have time to like pack up and change. So obviously, he's not being. You know. I just feel like if they thought he murdered those kids they would have been able to catch him by now because he had time to do all these things mm-hmm. but he's definitely running away with her i assume he did not tell his family he was doing this right no i don't um, think so. no and then oh another fun fact i read so you know how they're doing morse code at the very end on the box apparently they were telling each other like kisses when she taps on the box and he taps back they're just saying kisses to each other what kiss oh when she wrote him like that letter oh the morse code 
Oh no, the Morse code. code. Oh, I actually looked yeah. that up. Yeah, so with the way that they they tap out the Morse code, they spelled the same thing back to each other. P U S S puss. But in uh, but <laughs> in, in, in the Swedish language, that means like little little baby kid. Oh, I thought you were talking yeah. about the scene where they actually show her puss. No, like some deformed little like creepy thing. No, at the end where she's better on the train, but she's it's at, it's during the daytime, where so uh-huh. she's in a box. Yeah, not that. Oh, that's same. what he's tapping on the box, puss. Yeah, like I, you know, if you check out the Morse code, it's like dot dash. Kisses, kisses. No, I, I like puss better. I like that better. Okay, can we talk about her genitalia then, right now, real quickly? No, because yeah. it's something I, I glossed over and then I forgot about it. Uh, so, like you said, is it that's something that's supposed to be mentioned in the book then that she was castrated or something, or he or. Yeah, she was like a a draw. What what is that word? She was like um not. Yeah, she like she was castrated, but I think she wasn't a he or a she. Because yeah, there was a scene in the middle of the movie where she, he goes, "What are you like? Are you a vampire or you know mm-hmm. something about when you go steady with me?" Because he was romantically interested in her, and she goes, "I'm not a girl." And I yeah. I took that as oh well, what she's trying to say is that oh she's a vampire. Mm-hmm. She could not yeah. live a normal human life. But by the end, there's a scene where after she kills the intruder that's trying to get come after her you know she takes a shower at his place and as she's like drying off and getting dressed he kind of peeks into the room and like glances at her and she like sees like her genitals area that you you have about one second yeah Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like i don't know it looks like maybe there's like a surgical line there and it almost looks like Maybe someone had like male genitalia, but it was removed at some point. Yeah. So then I that at that point I thought, oh shit, it's like it's not a girl at all. It's actually a yeah a boy. Maybe that's what I kind of took it as a two. I just didn't know. It was, that's why I was want to talk to you guys and be like, what the like, what was that? You know, like what the hell? I only know this because of what I read. I honestly don't know what I thought the first time I saw it, or like what I would have assumed. I mean, I almost think I would have just been like oh well you know she's a vampire god knows what's happened to her like maybe she was molested and i i don't know yeah. you know i don't it's just one of those other weird scenes where it's like why like why even have that scene like, yeah why, you know what i mean why even have that and like i said unless you're referencing something that was from the book there's no more backstory to it so there's nothing to the other than the one you're talking about greg where she's like i'm not a girl yeah that's what i was you know yeah. which is just it's just- i agree especially since they made a decision to not like talk about that so if that's the case then why even i get that they maybe did an easter egg you know but it wasn't necessary yeah it's a very dirty easter egg yeah mm-hmm. it was yeah. weird I didn't, I didn't want that easter it's egg uncomfortable yeah yeah no 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 um yeah so do you guys have anything else oh let's get into i think we already know our, our i think all our favorite moment is the pool scene right yeah that's everybody's favorite moment right um do you guys have any other really good moments you want to talk about that we haven't no, I just liked every moment that they explained the the vampirist like lore. Um, Any time that they explained like what it means to be a vampire, I, I thought the cool thing is about this movie was that unlike other vampire quote unquote movies where they get, give you a heavy handed scene of what it means to be a vampire, this movie gives you just a little bit, like maybe five or six seconds of it, and then lets you think about it like it wasn't focused on that it was more focused on the relationship between the girl and the boy yeah and it wasn't so much about them trying to scare you i thought the cool thing about this movie and i have no idea how it was rated but i i I loved it for the reason that rather than being like a movie that was intended to elicit horror-ish uh, reactions out of you. It was more of like, okay, well, let's just tell you a story about people's lives and sprinkle in, you know, horror 
in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought like what I liked about it was like, it felt very, very evenly paced. I thought that all of the, the aspects of like what it means to be a vampire and all the, all the features of, um, of that were very balanced. Um, that's what I liked about so, that. So based on, based on this movie's lore, Greg, you still want to be a vampire in your, no, your I don't though. I and feel like they're very, they're going to be similar. One was just, you're in a frat house. <laughs> it's only the only difference, you know. Well, this this goes a bit. So since I'm already Graves, let me let mm-hmm. me talk about what I wanted to. No, I think you went back to Greg. Oh, did I go back? I to think Greg? you're back to back. Oh, to Greg. Do I have to revert? Yeah, he had to revert. All right, do you, are you going into some grave diggings right now? Give me like just like thirty seconds. Thirty right, seconds. I'll take a quick. Diggings? I'll take okay. a quick. All right, let me, uh, let me just let me just peek open your coffin a little bit. Let's peek it open. Okay. Okay, you're you're back. Your okay. Graves is here again. And okay. it's, I don't even want to go into it so much about what I have to say. I just want to. Because this is our first, I think it's our first like vampire movie that we've reviewed. Yeah, I think, yeah. Mm-hmm. None of the movies that we've reviewed so far have vampires, right? No. Mm-mm. Okay. I just wanted to talk about like the vampire lore in general. Like what, what is it even? Mm-hmm. Like what, if I were to ask you guys, what do you think? Why do we even have vampires as, as, story tell, as storytelling devices? What do you think about that? Like what, what are vampires? You always have questions for us that I, I am not prepared to answer, okay. or I don't know how to answer your question. I kind of don't understand what you're getting at. Like, you're asking me what a vampire is, or you're asking me why? So, like, okay, I don't know where... I'm not, like, the vampire expert. So you're not I'll, Graves? You come, you, come, you come out of a coffin. I feel like you should be well-versed in vampirism. I don't know shit about vampires. I mean, I don't know. So, like, the whole, the whole reason why I actually want to bring this up is because, like, we're probably going to be reviewing a lot of other vampire-ish movies. I'm interested in the lore. We have, we have one coming up in, like, uh, two episodes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We got oh, one coming up in two right, episodes there. Right. My pick, actually. My yeah. pick. So. But, so, I okay, that's a little bit unfair to just toss that to you guys. But there was a quote in this movie where I thought was really important, and it was a bit pivotal on the explanation of, you know, the vampire lore, and it's, so the boy Oscar asks Ely, she, he says, who are you? And she goes, I'm just like you. And then she references that scene where she first overheard him saying, squeal, scream like a pig. And he was like stabbing the tree. And he goes, that's the first time I heard you stabbing the tree. You know, and he goes, oh, I don't kill people. And she says, but you'd like to, if you could, I just do it because I have to. Mm-hmm. So, I f- took that as like the benchmark of like, well, they're trying to tell us something in this movie. And of course we've all seen many vampire movies that um, explain like what vampires can do, what they can't do, what are their limitations and what are their motivations. And I was like, well, what the hell is a vampire? You know, it's obviously a person who sucks blood from others who lives only at night. But what does it mean? Why is it relevant to us? So my thinking was that, what a vampire is, is like a cautionary tale. It, what a vampire is, it represents the extreme version of our animalistic desires. So, right. And it, and it's like, it, it's sending you a warning to, to say, okay, well, this is what we sort of want to do, or we feel compelled to do at our core, but and here's why you don't want to be that, why you don't want to go to the extreme, right? And it's like the idea of like vampires don't just want to survive. They want to live forever. Yeah. Do you actually really want that? 
Do you know what that's like? What the what the cost is of that? You know, um, I don't know if you guys have seen Troy, but there's a there's a very cool scene in that where like Achilles talks about well, the gods hate it. You know, they're actually jealous of us because we actually have a finite time to live, and it actually makes our lives meaningful. So, on the opposite spectrum of that is like vampires who are kind of like immortal. You know, provided that they aren't you know killed in some way, they can just live forever. I think that the price to pay for that is, well, you actually don't have meaning for your, in, in your life because it, it has no end to it. So, um, you know, another aspect of vampires is like they don't just want to eat like we do. They want to like hunt and kill with their bare hands, right? And they don't just want to be able to get around and be mobile like humans. They want to be able to have like superhuman strength mm-hmm. and speed. They want to be able to fly, you know, and this is like – uh uh, a, a human tendency to want to like do more and be more and survive and, and overtake others. And another one is that uh, it, it's not good enough for us to just have like a sexual desire. It's, you know, vampires just experience this like overdrive of sexuality. Like every scene that you see, whether it's like, Laura, you're talking about blade, whether it's underworld, any kind of like vampire scene, it's like vampires are so sexy. Like, <laughs> like they feel, you feel like anything they talk, they're having an orgasm. <laughs> How did that happen? Or think about like the, ent- the entire series of True Blood. It's just all about like vampires being sexy or Twilight. I mean, what is that? It's crazy. The, the whole point is it's all wrapped up into this package of like what a vampire is. It's a symbol of like what it means to go way too far. And as humans, you know, we are going back to like the first episode of our podcast. We have these like natural desires to like survive and live and procreate. And these are kind of like at the core of us. And then we also have like these other better principles, as we call them, um, like morals and ethics that we create as like a society to live. And then it's like that constant battle between them and vampires represent like that dark side, that, that aspect of us that we can't like just let go. And it's like free to express however it wants. But what they do is there's a price to pay for that. They have to sleep at nighttime, you know, Um, they can't enjoy the beauty of, of the day. So like, there's almost like the, with all that extremity comes an equal and opposite reaction. And like, there's a price to pay, you know, and like when we talk, when we use the word vampire in like modern language, we say, oh, well, he's a vampire. She's a vampire. It's like we're talking about people who just only take and take and take and they like suck and drain the life uh, out of like the people around them. And they don't give, they actually don't contribute anything, anything to modern society. So I like this movie when I just, I want to talk about vampires in general. And maybe we can shut this discussion down now, but just something to think about as we move forward into reviewing other vampire movies. Like, well, what is a vampire and what are they trying to tell us? To me, it's just this idea of that. It's the extreme version of our nature that we should be able to like balance ourselves and reel ourselves back when we want to go too far, when we want too much, when we want to live too ever, whenever we want to, you know, fuck too much when we ever want to eat too much and consume too much pull ourselves back don't be the one that just consumes <laughs> sexy episode okay. oh yeah wait i think i've got a let me do a are you let me get my, <laughs> like my soundbite here all right okay. mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's honestly that's all i think of because like right okay we talked about the, the question of this episode was like what vampire mm-hmm. universe would you live in honestly it would be there's a funny scene in in what we do in the shadows where it's hilarious where the guy goes 
he's like, oh my God, like I can't even eat chips. Like that's my favorite food. It is a total sh- Don't believe the hype. It is a shit experience to be a vampire. And that I, I totally agree with that. As much as like I voted to be a vampire in that movie, I agree with the notion that like being in the extreme version of anything in any direction is bad for you. You need balance. Mm-hmm. You need to be grounded in some way. So I think like the whole purpose of the vampire lore is to show us what happens when we think when we don't when we aren't grounded in like um, like a solid morality, we go let's just get take and take and take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought this movie really represented that with like the relationship mm-hmm. with Elon and Oscar. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. That makes me want to know how you feel about certain vampire movies where there are um, kind of a mix of people who want to be. And then who are and don't want to be. So, like, for example, earlier I talked about Interview with the Vampire. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you guys have seen that classic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Another very sexy movie. Yeah, very sexy. But but of the two main characters, you know, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, one of them wants to be a vampire. And the other one is like, it's a lifetime of suffering, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, see, I've also seen that. Like, in for example, in this movie, I don't think Ely wants to be a vampire. No, it's clear that it's just, unfortunately, that's just her destiny that's her life you know yeah so yeah greg i definitely want to watch more vampire movies just to see like what you think about them it's really interesting oh i'm sorry graves graves graves, graves. graves. Yeah. Okay. all right so that's it graves that's all you got for bury me for it? vampires okay bury me. all right go castrate yourself get back in your <laughs> coffin jesus christ what go back in there graves mm-hmm. all right Graves. okay greg's back greg's back greg has genitalia don't worry about it it's fine this is weird. Fine. This is a weird app. <laughs> you know what was going to happen. It's okay, you know? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's get into what you guys didn't like about this movie, you know? Uh, didn't we cover that? I mean, to me, yeah, the, the CGI cats. I mean, the CGI cats was like one of the things. I will, I will tell you, this is what I was talking about in the very beginning of this podcast. Clearly, you guys did not notice this because you don't know where I'm going with this. But every time Oscar was in a pool, which happens two different times, mm-hmm. his mouth is wide open and he's just drinking the pool water, spitting it out. His mouth is open. People are talking to him and he's just got his mouth wide open. What's wrong with that? What's the good point? <laughs> What's- it bothered me so much. I was like, You don't do that in a pool? Do I sit there with my mouth wide open the entire time? Hell no. Does water get in my mouth and I spit it out? Sure. Absolutely. I need to move to Sweden then because I do that in the pool. <laughs> so your mouth is just open the entire time you're in a swimming pool? Um, more or less, I guess. I like to kind of put the water in my mouth and then I squirt it out a little bit. <laughs> like a little fountain. <laughs> he looked insane. I was like, what is he doing? And- do you like have sealed lips in the pool, Laura? <laughs> what do you do in the pool? I'm saying it's normal to like get water in your mouth, spit it out, whatever. But he literally was treading water. Yeah. And just had his mouth wide open, like he was fucking from the mummy and just trying to let everything in his mouth. And just like he just kept it open the yeah. whole time. People were talking to him and he's just like, uh such a I love such it, an though. interesting point that you like you brought up that you observed that just really irked I could you. watch this movie ten times and yeah. not have picked up on that. I know. Well, I could tell in the beginning because I forget what we were talking about now when mm-hmm. I said this was going to come full circle. But I think Greg, Graves, oh. whoever, 
said something about their mouth is always open like a vampire and i was like oh well funny you say that because oh my god that's so funny that's so funny all right well laura took a star away from this movie because the kid drinks (laughs) too much pool water you know his mouth is just open that would have been better if he was just swallowing the water i don't fucking know it was weird you guys need to rewind and look back on all right i'm gonna go me and greg are gonna go go swimming tonight I like this it. is going too far. Okay, all right. Let's 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 get back. So so, Greg, what did you not like about this movie? Nothing. That's <laughs> the perfect movie to you. It's not the perfect movie, but there was nothing. I there wasn't much I didn't like. I mean, there were moment. I thought that the, the the moment where she bites into the guy who was intruding into the home who was trying to kill her for you know as a uh, retaliation for killing his friend. She bites him and then like. She bonds with Oscar the next moment by kissing him with her bloody mouth. Oh, the bloody mouth! I thought thing. I was going to vomit. That was gross. But mm-hmm. that, like, that's just—I was grossed out by that. But yeah, honestly, this whole movie—I didn't—I didn't dislike any. Mm-hmm. I didn't dislike anything. It wasn't the perfect movie, but I didn't not like anything. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm pretty close to the same. I thought it was a really strong movie. Really strong movie. I thought you know. It, it dealt with a lot of, you know, really interesting topics, you know, bringing up bully, you know, bullyingism and stuff like that and the vampire stuff and the relationship. And yeah, I thought all this stuff was really well done there for me. It was just really that stupid CGI cat scene. That was just such a horrible scene. It was just yeah, me too. Really, really, really dumb, you know? <laughs> um, all right. Yeah. So let's, let's get into, uh, let's get into our overall judgment thing. Cause we already went over positive negatives you know, I think we're all going to be pretty high on this movie. But uh, let's yeah. do um, let's do uh, how many Rubik's cubes are you going to give this movie? So, how many Rubik's cubes, one to five, and how how complete is your cube? How complete mm. is it? You know, is three sides complete? Is it fully complete? Did did you master that cube? Mm. What, do you, what, do you think? what do you think? Who wants to go first? In my mind with that. You one. know. All right, I'm going to give it four Rubik's cubes. Four out of five cubes. However, only three of them are fully completed, mm. and one only has three sides complete. Wow, so that's a pretty close to perfect right there. Pretty close to complete four. So, what do you? So, what do you think, Greg? What do you? How, what are you thinking, cube wise? What are you cubing this movie at? I think that um, this movie, this movie, this movie, <laughs> this movie deserves <laughs> deserves four totally compute uh, complete cubes. Wow. <laughs> So a little bit better than Laura's then, a little bit better than Nice. Well, you, you, well, I thought that the movie uh, pr- understood its identity from the get-go. It's interesting that a lot of them a lot of the horror movies that we've reviewed so far, we call them horror movies because uh one big reason is that there's like an imminent threat throughout the movie. You know, like and and you're presented with that. This movie was a little bit different. You're actually questioning, well, is the threat whether or not the girl can survive and whether she can eat? Or is the threat to the townspeople whether or not she attacks them more? So um, I thought like this movie understood its identity from the beginning. And they they said, you know what? We don't care about any of that. What we care about is the relationship between these two. And we're going to show you that. And all of this other scary stuff is like auxiliary to the main 
uh, theme of the movie, which is like the companionship and the codependency between Oscar and, and Ely. That's what we want to show you. And we're not going to stray out of that. I mean, there are moments where we show you the lore of vampires and we show you these horrifying scenes, but they really play into the story between these two characters. So like, I thought that they didn't stray away from their identity from the, from the beginning of the movie. It starts off slow it ends off slow and it's like very well paced. The tone and the environment is, is like really well done. I would only give like five Rubik's cubes, quote unquote, to a movie mm-hmm. that was like so perfect. I don't know if we've ever gotten mm-hmm. that far. Yeah. Um, and this movie's not quite there, but it gets four Rubik's cubes mm-hmm. from me. Totally complete. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, for me, I, yeah, I really did like this movie. Um, I probably would say, I probably would give it five Rubik's cubes give it five rubik's cubes but i would definitely say that fifth cube it only has like one little cube filled in you know what i mean so it's like it's borderline like four or five it's borderline. it is a really good movie the only thing i was missing in this movie was actually any sort of like suspense i feel like i didn't feel like i was on edge a lot this movie other than like when they show like the creepy you know, old lady scenes are just kind of jarring. Like, what the hell was that? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But we were talking before about, you know, the, the the Mothman prophecies, which we really didn't consider that a horror horror movie that was more suspenseful. But that whole movie, I'm like nervous watching that whole movie. This movie, I was really nervous watching it. it. I just thought it was a really well done movie. The story was really great. I love, you know, what they did. I mean, thinking about... If somebody would have told you this is a, this is a movie about two kids that fall in love and one's a vampire, you would think like that's fucking either stupid or cheesy. Yeah, and it's like fucking really great. And like, see, at the end, you're rooting for them to like be together, which is crazy. And it's not like Twilight, you know what I mean? It's just really well done. Like, I think maybe it was missing some of that anxiety factor for me as well, mm-hmm. which is why. And also, the only other complaint I have. And I understand why they did this was that the fact that there weren't any strong secondary characters, like there were no strong secondary characters. Um, And normally I notice something like that. However, we know from the get go that they are only focusing on them too. And so you kind of have to let that pass. But that, I mean, again, when a movie is this good, you kind of have to dig deep and find those little tiny things that you are like, well, I guess I could have had that, you know, to make it perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think this is a really good pick, Laura, really good pick. Something I, of course, I mean, one, I don't really pick horror movies, but also a foreign language movie. Yeah. I would have never even picked this ever, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else to add before we close it out? That's it? Mm-hmm. No? All right. So that's, that's it for the episode this week. We're definitely, you know, we were talking the other day about revealing the next movie at the end of the pods, just so people have time to watch and catch up. Um, so yeah, we're, so we're going to do that right now. So next, uh, next week's episode is going to be uh, Greg's pick. Why Greg you, is picking. Why you introduce it like that? Because it's your pick, Greg. So what are you, what are you picking next week? What are you picking? The movie that I picked is called the faculty, the faculty. So we'll be doing the faculty next week. Elijah Wood. I know that I saw the poster. Elisha Wood's going to be in this movie. I've never seen it. Laura, have you seen it before? Yes, I have, unfortunately. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So that's uh, that's the movie we're going to be watching next week. So I'll give you guys some time listening to watch it. Uh, you know, be dropping next Thursday. You know, so that's it for this episode. 
Um, yeah, so you guys can hit us up, you know, if you guys want to, conjecturingpod at Gmail. Uh, you can hit us up at, uh, Twitter, Instagram at conjecturingpod. Um, that's it for the week here. Um, I've been Rob. And Laura. And Greg. And until next time, remember, horror subjective, so conjecture away. See ya. Yeah, bye. Peace. that ass.